When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Well, Michigan hits the Rose Bowl at 13-0, and they come away in overtime 14-0, heading to their first college football playoff finals in Houston next week. But today... It's a Rose Bowl championship, 27-20 over Alabama. We'll be back to break it down on In the Trenches. Welcome to the official podcast of Michigan football, In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2023 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. The former two-time captain and national champion covers the Wolverines better than anyone. At the beginning of this week, I told you it was going to be the greatest feeling you ever had. How's it feel to you now? Just like the great John Jansen said, the greatest feeling you could ever have. I mean, the only thing I could feel feel like it will get better is next week winning that one. But, uh, you know, just ultimate team win, ultimate just team. This is In the Trenches, presented by Meyer. Once again, here's John Jansen. Welcome back, friends, and I am so excited to talk about this win and whether it's Coach Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy, other players. But right now, I want to bring in my partner, Mr. Brian Bush. John, take us through how you experienced that final play, fourth and goal at the three. It felt like it was five minutes between plays because it almost was with the injury timeout, with the two uh, timeouts, one for each side. And Michigan, I mean, they just owned the line of scrimmage on that play. They did, and and whether it was Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Camp Good, I mean, Chris Jenkins, you go right down the list of guys throughout the entire game. The one thing that you felt you could count on was the defensive front. Junior Colson, Mike Barrett, they were all making plays. And then when it came down to, hey, you got to have something happen on the very last play of the game, we called it. We knew it was going to be Jalen Milrow. Yep. And at that point, who do you want to, to, to be able to be there to stop Jalen Milrow? Or, or who's 
you'd like to have everybody, but who do you have the most confidence in? And it was going to be that defensive line. And it really didn't matter who it was. Josiah Stewart was an absolute stud tonight. It was amazing to watch him. Derek Moore had a big game. It was those guys up front literally owned the game. And we talked about it all month, how important the linebackers are going to be, how they've been a little overshadowed based on how this season has gone, based on the talent sandwiching them in in the secondary and on the defensive line. And the top three tacklers were all linebackers led by Junior Colson, and they were all great. They were, and they were sideline to sideline. When they had to be downhill, they were downhill. And I thought Jesse Minter did a great job of mixing in, whether it was corner blitzes or bringing Mikey Samra still, but with the linebackers. I thought he did a really good job of using them whether it was as a threat and then dropping them out, causing confusion for the Alabama offensive line. They were calling they were they were basically blocking ghosts at times and that's because Jesse Minter was using Junior Colson, was using Mike Barrett at times to bring them, but at other times to drop and it was it was a thing of beauty. Offensively, Michigan was really struggling in the second half. That eight-play, 75-yard drive to tie the game, a fourth-down conversion in their own territory, a a remarkable turn of events against a crazy talented defense. It it was, and, you know, things weren't perfect. Offensively, they certainly weren't perfect special teams-wise, but when they had to come through, when they just needed something to happen, whether it was the final drive of the game or in overtime, they got it done. They did what they had to do. Now it's a matter of putting some polish on it, you know, and, 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 and smoothing out those roughed edges because J.J. played well but didn't start well and, and finished good. But, you know, whether it was the run game, because in the first half it really felt like the run game and the offensive line was controlling the line of scrimmage. They were getting eight, nine yards on first down. And then in the second half, it just vanished. And Alabama made some adjustments. They were moving guys up front. And it's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's easy to block movement, but you've got to be able to have more discipline with your footwork if a defense is going to do that to create success. We talked about it after the Ohio State game. I thought in that game, Ohio State played well, yet Michigan still won. And here, if I'd have told you before this game about all the mistakes that Michigan made, yeah. You'd have thought, well, three straight years, losing to the playoff, Alabama wins. Because that's just what a Nick Saban-led team does. For them to overcome what they did against that program is incredible. Well, and and that's what it is. It's against that program. It's against all the ghosts. It was leading up to this game, and I was starting to get super irritated about everybody picking Alabama and, and Nick Saban with four weeks to prepare. All of those things are true in regards to it's very difficult to beat an Alabama team coached by Nick Saban with four weeks to prepare. But the the disregard for anything that Michigan would or could do was it was embarrassing. And and it was it was maddening. It was it was all of the, the, the emotions that you can have at that moment. But for Michigan to be able to, you know, answer the bell. And, and when it mattered most in the college football playoffs, where two years ago, these guys, Donovan Edwards, J.J. McCarthy, Junior Colson, you go down the list of guys, they stood there and watched Georgia celebrate. And they were a part of that team that just got destroyed by Georgia, as well as everybody else did in 2021. And then last year, some very tough lessons learned against TCU. And they just, tonight was one of those moments where, those guys just weren't going to be denied. 
Team will head back tonight, and they'll start gearing up. It's a regular game week. Uh, just, you know, out here in Big Ten country, coming out to yeah. Su yeah, Southern, yeah, California. Southern California. Yeah. And then they'll head to Houston uh, before the national championship game. What a whirlwind. What an opportunity earned by this team. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm curious if your pregame prediction of Michigan-Washington will come true for the national championship. It'll echo tied. on Big Ten Network for years. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it will. But what a great way to bring them into the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they're able to you know, make that happen, and, and you know, some of you are going to be listening to this in yeah. the future yeah. and yeah. already know the answer to that question, <laughs> but it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. John, appreciate it. Good Congrats. luck putting that one together. Yeah, right? no, hey. We're <laughs> Time for a playoff-esque effort. Let's go, Blue! <laughs> Come on, see you in Houston. Here we go. And let's bring in Doug Karsh. Doug, an incredible come-from-behind victory. Michigan had only had their defense on the field one possession this season when trailing. They were able to deliver multiple times down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and then, of course, the stop at fourth and goal at the three with a team that had a fourth and goal at the 31 that saved its season against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Uh, the defense was incredible. Defense made so many big plays. The offense, credit Alabama's defense. They deserve credit. They have five all-SEC first-team performers. They have one of the best defenses in the country. They've got an All-American in Kool-Aid McKintree, an All-American in Terry Ann Arnold, an All-American in Caleb Downs. They have the number one and number two QB pressure guys in the SEC in Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. And so they're going to give you problems. You have to fight and claw and squeeze everything you can out of that scoreboard when you're playing this team. And Michigan was able to do something that, that Georgia wasn't able to do, that LSU wasn't able to do. And Michigan gets that stop on that last play. And we still have yet to see a replay up here in the booth. Yeah. Uh, Josiah Stewart was credited with the tackle. And that was a fist fight in the trenches kind of play. And Josiah Stewart isn't the heaviest guy. 245. And yet, Mikey Samristel said preseason, don't be fooled. He can take you for a ride was his quote. And he won the fist fight down there and is the one credited with the tackle. But that looked like a group effort. There was nothing there for Jalen Milrow from our perspective. So... Uh, and you think about Roman Wilson, who had the outstanding season, 11 touchdown receptions, and had his 12th at a huge moment in the game. You think about Blake Corum, who with his touchdown reception today, broke the record for most points scored in a season by a Wolverine, set by Jake Moody, <laughs> just recently. And then you think about all the guys that came back. Keegan and Zinter on the offensive line that came back for this reason. Blake Corum, who was injured and felt like he had one foot out the door, decided to come back for this reason. Cornelius Johnson came back. Mike Barrett came back. Oh. And Mike Barrett had a monster game today. Yep. He was all over the field. And I'll never forget, in the Orange Bowl against Georgia, I'm going to tell this story because I have permission from the Barrett family to tell. <laughs> Mike Barrett's on the sideline. I was a sideline reporter at the time. It's late in the game. Alabama's up 31-8 and just draining the clock. And Barrett's on the sideline sitting there watching. And a woman up in the stands, about four rows up, starts screaming, play Mike Barrett! Play Mike Barrett! Loud. The Michigan sideline's quiet. The whole sideline can hear it. Mike Barrett turns around and gives the woman a cut. Like, enough. Enough. Stop it. She's screaming, play Mike Barrett! And Mike's, enough! And she stopped. Well, I found out on this trip it was his mother. 
And she said, if Mike, I said, can I tell this story on the air? Because I didn't know that Mike Barrett was going to stay at Michigan. He stayed at Michigan and came back for a sixth year and said his only regret was it took him so long to decide to come back for a sixth year. But he makes a decision to come back for his sixth year. And what does he do? Has a monster game in the Rose Bowl. I think Mama's happy about the game that he played and the decision that he made. Doug, I'll tell you, the offense for Michigan found a way. In the first four drives of the second half, 14 plays, 44 yards. Then that eight-play, 75-yard game-tying touchdown, throw out the two kneel downs to get it to overtime, and then two outstanding Blake Quorum runs to score what proved to be the game-winning touchdown. What you see that changed for an offense that, let's face it, had really not been in that situation all season? Yeah, do or die. No panic, though. And, look, it, you know, I spoke yesterday to a group of Michigan fans, and I said, I was asked the question, what has impressed me the most? And I said, it's this team's ability to take a punch, whatever it might be, and just say, we still got to get the job done. So when, you know, 45 minutes before kickoff in State College, they find out they're not going to have their head coach. what they do? Got the job done. When Zach Zinter, your All-American guard, goes down in the second half against Ohio State, and <laughs> you don't punt after that. Score on the next play. Get the job done. In this game, a lot went wrong, including the, the catastrophic mistakes that were made in the semifinal game a year ago. The game started making those mistakes. An interception by J.J. on the first pass of the game that and was overturned by a replay. It was the right call. Yep. Then Samaj Morgan drops a punt. And then there are other mistakes. A personal foul that killed a drive. Uh, another fumble punt that almost cost him the ball game right at the end. Michigan, ironically, has already lost a Rose Bowl on a fourth quarter safety to Stanford yep. in 1972 and came dangerously close to doing it again. Thaw did a great job to, after the initial mistake, to grab the football and then hang on to it at the one as he got drilled back into the end zone. He didn't panic at that point, just got on the ball and minimized the damage. And, and Blake Corum was tremendous. I mean, he, the fourth down play, and we said right before that last drive, Michigan's got a great offensive coordinator in Sharon Moore. That's a fourth and two where they schemed up Blake Corum wide open. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anybody wide within 20 open. yards of him. And a big gainer set back a little bit by the penalty, but they, it was good enough for the first down in the moment. And Sharon put together his best drive of the game against a defense that had given his team problems. Just got it done. Just got it done. And so, once again, taking punches and finding a way. And that's what Michigan did, and now they're playing for a national championship. Remember after the Ohio State Let game. Let me say that again. Now they're playing yes. for a national championship. It's wild. Uh, you said after the Ohio State game, and I think it was a feeling and a belief echoed by a lot of Michigan fans, the win over Ohio State felt like three wins yep. wrapped into one. Yep. For Michigan to do this at this venue against that program, with all that swirled around this program, with the suspensions and the allegations and all of that, another form of validation. I know George is the back-to-back national champions until next Monday, and they deserve a ton of credit for that. Mm -hmm. But this century belongs so far to Alabama. And for Michigan to beat them, that, I think, resonates more than any other team that they could have beaten, other than maybe Georgia, maybe it's even there, in this moment. It's a great moment. I, I mean, these are the two winningest programs. Most wins in college football. Michigan is one. Alabama is two. 
Uh, Alabama is, I mean, look, they're the, they're the standard bearer of college football for the last decade and a half, and, and they've earned it. And, and yet Michigan found a way today. And, you know, it's, again, they made their share of mistakes, a lot to clean up. But, you know, the, nothing, it, look, it, you, don't have to, a, you don't have to be perfect, and B, you shouldn't expect them to be perfect. And they weren't. But all that matters, you got to make one more play than the other guy. And, look, Alabama had Michigan fourth and two, chance to secure the game. It would have been over. Yep. Yeah. Inside a couple minutes to go, Michigan converted. Alabama has it fourth and three, game on the line, and Michigan's defense comes up big. And, you know, that's uh, Jesse Minter. I, I'd love to hear, and we'll talk with Coach, there were essentially three timeouts before that fourth and three play. One for injury, one taken by Jim Harbaugh, one taken by Alabama. Whole team, defensive team huddles. I can't wait to hear what was talked about. What was Bama, what were they thinking Bama was going to do? What did they see? Did they know that play was coming? Because, amazingly, we haven't seen a replay up here in the booth. But that play didn't look like it stood a chance. Nope. And it, it made you wonder, you know, what did they see from Alabama that, that had them... And we talked about the matchup. The, the interior of the defense for Michigan against the interior of their offensive line... That went as we thought it might. Michigan dominated that matchup all day. There was a story from Michael Cohen of Fox Sports this week saying that on the flight home from the Fiesta Bowl, Jesse Minter thought all flight long about where he failed the defense, the team, in that loss. And that's where the four pillars really developed. And you want to talk about each and every one of those standing up to an Alabama program Pretty remarkable. Yeah, the four pillars being block disruption or block destruction, obnoxious communication, ball disruption, and I can't even remember the fourth now, but I'm not on the team. Beating Alabama. Beating Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) And then hopefully beating either Washington or Texas. Doug, we'll. uh, Sorry, I'm going to have to work next Monday. (laughs) Jack, you were on the field. What was going through your mind before, during, and after that final play? Uh, I mean, my heart was coming out of my chest. A lot of, a lot of anticipation. The timeouts, well, the injury timeout, then a timeout uh, by Coach Harbaugh, then by Coach Saban. And I, and I think part of that, obviously, was to figure out, you know, all the marbles were on that. I think a big part of it, too, was, was Coach Saban with the psyche of, of the game and being in that end zone, trying to calm down his team, trying to calm down the fans as well. Um, I, I, speechless a little bit. Just, what, I mean, what an incredible win, a resilient win. Candidly, they won in spite of themselves at different times. They tried. They, they did things that were uncharacteristic, they, but they persevered. They got over the top. They found a way when they needed to, and uh, on a big fourth and three at the goal line, they stuffed Milrow and won the Rose Bowl. We talked about with, with Doug the ability to bounce back on both sides of the field, right? I mean, certainly special teams, Michigan's going to have to go to the drawing board. They're, they're going to have to play better special teams. Yeah in the national championship yeah, game. But there were pivot points for both the offense and the defense where it felt like Alabama could potentially seize or continue momentum against both units and these teams deliver these units yeah. delivered. Well, I think coming out of halftime we talked everyone felt pretty good. I know I did. And then just slowly as the game got to about halfway into the fourth it just kind of drained the life out of your confidence that we were going to be able to do it and then they come up with that drive with about six minutes left that they go down and score that they needed to but until that point it it really was was pretty lackadaisical offensively the defense stood up time and time again but you know you let you let Alabama get out to a 20 to 10 you know 
20 to 13 lead at the time, you get a little worried about what that about what's going to happen. Uh, they, but they battled, and and that's the thing about this team is they just they remain unfazed. It, even when you're down there on the sidelines talking with them, watching the body language, watching the demeanor, they just don't really flinch. And at times when things aren't going right, you go, you know, come on, let's go, let's get it going. But they just they they just stay true to who they are. They stay they stay confident in themselves. And when push comes to shove. They've just found ways to deliver the most crucial moments all season. This last one, about 20 minutes ago, being the most crucial one. As we get into today's Achiever of the Game, brought to you by Michigan Student Aid, I'm not going to give it to one person. That's yeah. impossible. But you just go through the box score and then the defense. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed shaken up there yeah. a little bit on that, that big hit in the first half. He gritted through. Doug said on the broadcast that Blake Corum, uh, what proved to be the game-winning touchdown, was an incredible run. I mean, that is a guy with contact balance, yeah. a, the strength, power, agility. I mean, what a remarkable, remarkable run. Young man, college football player, soon-to-be NFL player. He looked like his, his old self, right? We totally. were waiting for that yeah. a lot this year where it was like, boy, just a cut away or just another arm tackle away from being a little extra. He was a little extra today. That made all the difference in the world. And, and then Roman Wilson, right? He was pretty quiet yeah. for this game. Uh, the, the the one catch on that uh, somewhat executed trick play uh, where McCarthy, that was the big hit where yep. McCarthy yep. took it. But then, I mean, that catch, forget the touchdown. The touchdown was just a well-played, well-designed yeah. play. He was open. But the catch before that yeah. was incredible. I mean, he seemed six inches taller <laughs> than he actually is I on was, that play. I was standing right there, and it was kind of bizarre. I, everyone missed, including the defender. Roman and the defender misjudged the football. Somehow, it, just in a feat of athleticism, he stayed airborne long enough to time it as he was falling to the ground. The defender wasn't. He catches it, turns, then jukes a guy, makes a miss. I mean, it was one of the best displays of athleticism I've seen on the field from a wide receiver. Not hands necessarily, but body control to watch that in, make a move as he landed. It was incredible. And then defensively, we talked about it earlier on the pregame show, something John and I talked on the podcast throughout the month. Michigan's linebackers were going to have to be yeah. great. Their top three tacklers, and this isn't how it's normally worked out for Michigan because there have been so many tackles gobbled up by defensive linemen, and, and the passing defense was so good. But Junior Colson, team high 10 tackles, five of them solo. Yeah. Mike Barrett, nine tackles, seven solo with a sack. And Josiah Stewart, he's credited for that final tackle. That was a team effort to yeah. be sure. Seven tackles, six solo, one sack, two tackles for loss. There are, I'm not going to specify one player as our achiever of the game, but I, I think that group, yeah. the linebackers, deserve, I think, just as much spotlight, if not more, than, than any other. I, I would agree wholeheartedly. The style of football that Alabama plays with puts you in a pinch, right? They don't always just run. They can be explosive in the passing game, and so you have to have guys in the middle that can do both, and, and particularly with Milrow running the ball as well. We talked about that in the pregame. It lived up to what we thought, that if Michigan was going to come out and win, even play good, but win, they were going to need those guys. And then don't, don't let that play Josh Wallace, that tackle he made to make Alabama punt. Uh, at the end of the game there to stop their last possession. Huge open field tackle. He stuffs them, not close to, to the uh, line for gain, and so they're forced to punt. Just really good defense, aggressive, really good tackling. Uh, they, they played incredibly well defensively. It's hard. It, it, you cannot overstate that. We talked about it in the pregame, Jack. Overwhelmed by Georgia two years ago. Mm -hmm. Outplayed by TCU last year. And, and 
alluded to the mistakes. There are things to most certainly clean up. But this team, clearly what they did differently over the last month worked. And how they approached this game, not just before but during, in some roller coaster yeah. moments, uh, they learned from those heartaches, from watching Georgia and TCU celebrate. And that's what's allowed this to be so special. I, no doubt. And I think, to your point, uh, it's a mature team. We have said that since week one. It's a veteran-led team. These guys have been through a lot. As We could have never even guessed what this would have looked like, all the ups and downs of the season. I mean, this team's built for it. They're built to go toe-to-toe. We talked about it in this, in this pregame. If they could just hang around till the end, you knew that they were going to throw the final knockout punch. That's just how this team has been built. And it wasn't pretty at times. And if we were on the losing end of this one, we'd be talking about, hey, we, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot again. A little bit different than the TCU sure. game was last year, but some of the same self-inflicted problems that should have not happened. Um, but that's why you play the game. And at the end of the day, all that matters, particularly as you get late in the year like this, is just did you find a way to win? These guys did when they needed it the most. Their guys stepped up. Great, really, really good job, by the way, Sharon Moore and Jesse Minner. I mean, those were really uh, well-executed game plans. They had Alabama, not always schemed up necessarily, but they knew how to play to our strengths against this Alabama team because I can promise you one thing. Nick Saban and his staff never come unprepared. No. So to go toe-to-toe like that, to find some of those, you know, those touchdowns from J.J., those weren't r- miraculous throws. Those were schematic things that they just had guys open all the time, right? So kudos to the coaching staff and the players. You know, I mean, defensively, just remarkable to do what they did against Jalen Milrow, who made his plays. He did his stuff, right? Like, he's a very, very good player, and, I mean, he's going to be, uh, depending on if J.J. McCarthy comes back, he's probably going to be at the top of Heisman list going yeah. into next year. I mean, he is a stud. Uh, offensively, subtle things, right? I thought they tried to get a little too cute last year in the Fiesta Bowl. Remember that first drive after the big Donovan Edwards run, that Philly special with yeah. Colson Loveland, yep. just a little too cute. There were subtleties to this, similar to the Ohio State game. A lot more Donovan Edwards on second down, which we didn't see much during the course of this season. That was very good. Yep. I mean, there were, there were again, small things, right? The Blake Corum screenplay on fourth and two with the season on the line, right? That's over at that point. If he doesn't come up with that play, with that catch, with that first down, uh, just remarkable. Well, and I think they learned a lot from those old games, right, where they knew and they understood, let's not get too cute. The minute that they started to do anything like that, they checked themselves and they got back to to the bread and butter of let's just run the ball with Blake Corum. Things are going well. Let's just let's throw routes that we feel comfortable about. We don't have to get too exotic. We don't have to get too over our skis and do things that we haven't done before. They, They mixed that in the right way like they did against Ohio State without overdoing it, and that kept Alabama on their toes. Busy next Monday? I'll be in Houston. How about it? Me too. (laughs) Can't wait, Jack. Congratulations. Talk to you next week. All right. Go Blue. Those were the thoughts from the guys. John Jansen, Doug Karsh, and Jack Miller. Jason Avant coming up here momentarily with some player interviews. We had quick conversations with John Jansen and the head coach, Jim Harbaugh, and then J.J. McCarthy. Here are those quick conversations. Coach, I want to start with you. How's it feel? Feels great. Uh, Just so proud of our team. I mean, the how connected they are, the togetherness. Just felt like there's nothing that could happen inside of this stadium that would uh, would disconnect us. Our guys are, are so locked in, play for each other. Incredible team. I mean, it's incredible ball team. This guy right here, I mean, glorious, glorious, glorious performance. J.J., Blake, Junior Colson, uh, amazing game. We had in all phases, you know, uh, had a couple, uh, couple bad plays here and there, but we overcame them, and, uh, you know, that's – Sit together. What's it feel like, Rose Bowl champs? We have been able to talk throughout the course of this year 
at the beginning of this week. I told you it was going to be the greatest feeling you ever had. How's it feel to you now? Hey, just like the great John Jansen said, the greatest feeling you could ever have. I mean, the only thing I could feel feel like it will get better is next week winning that one. But, uh, you know, just ultimate team win, ultimate just team. Challenges in the second half offensively. How were you guys able to overcome those, especially at the end when you had to have it? I feel like it was just always the next play mentality, always focused on being in the present moment and controlling what we can control. You know, things weren't going our way because that's a great defense out there that we're facing. And, uh, you know, just keeping our head down and trying to get the best we can each and every play worked out. The run and the blocking on that in, in overtime there. Just talk about Blake Horn. I mean, I, I, I've been blessed to receive the team MVP this year, but I he was my vote. He was my vote. That that man is just everything to this football team, everything to this university, just the man he is, the player he is. And, you know, it shows, boys, when we do those sprints later the, earlier this week, it shows when we got to come down in overtime and Blake was ready for it. Congratulations. Enjoy. Thank you so much, John. Before we get into our player interviews with Jason Avant, do you want to support your favorite University of Michigan student-athletes while also getting exclusive access to memorabilia, content, and events where you can meet the players? In the new era of NIL, you can. Visit championscircleuofm.com to support all University of Michigan student-athletes. Champion Circle Collective is a community of fans, alumni, and supporters whose goal is to empower Michigan student-athletes to be the leaders and best through the use of their name, image, and likeness. Once again, that's championscircleuofm.com to support your favorite Wolverines and get access to exclusive offerings. Champion Circle. Those who support will be champions. Michigan football is one win away from a national championship. Let's chat with some players. Jason Avat caught up here with Braden McGregor. Braden, you had amazing plays here in this Rose Bowl game. Talk about how you feel in this moment, winning the granddaddy of them all. You know what this game means for Michigan. How do you feel in this moment? Right. I mean, I'm at a loss of words. I was just talking to a couple guys, and, like, we don't even know what to say. Like, the, all I can say is, I grew up a Michigan fan. I had a, I had a poster of Charles Woodson having the rose in his mouth in my bedroom since I was a little kid. And man, I just got a picture with it in my mouth and I just can't believe it. It's just a dream come true. It's crazy. Alabama has historically been a great football team. Talk about you guys' determination and just willingness to overcome adversity time and time again. Um, you guys stepped up and played big defensively. Yeah, I mean, you, you see the Alabama and you know what you're going to get, uh, you know, uh, and that's what they came out and did. They tried punching us in the face. We tried punching them. Uh, you know, we went back and forth, back and forth. So, uh, you know, you look at that team across and, you know, that, that's a really good team, you know, a uh, hard-fought win. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just crazy. You know, we beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Like, that's awesome. Last thing I'll ask you is Coach Jesse Minter. Talk about the complexity of the game plan and all the things that he had in order to kind of keep this offense at bay. Right. Uh, I mean, his game plan was amazing. I mean, you look at what we did today and we held him to 20 points. You know, it's crazy, you know. Uh, I mean, he was rushing for – the quarterback was rushing for 700 yards on the year. I don't know what we kept him at, but, you know, felt like we did a pretty good job. And yeah, that was one of our big things, keep him in the in the pocket and be able to be us, bring people – bring rushers, be able to set edges and all that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a great team win. Congratulations on going to the national championship, Braden McGregor. I appreciate you. Thank you. Staying on the defensive side, Jason with Mikey Sainra still. You're able to be a part of a team that wins the Rose Bowl. This is a hollow game for the University of Michigan against a program that's had a lot of success. What was the mentality when it comes to approaching this game? Um, you know, it was going to take every man in the, in the program. Uh, you know, we knew that Alabama was a team that's never going to quit. 
know, kind of the same model that we have, you know, never flinch, um, a team that's resilient. But, you know, our, our whole mindset was, you know, we're the number one team in the country for a reason. Everyone was saying, what does it feel like to, you know, go ahead, uh, go head to head against an SEC team? You know, we said they got to come and play us. You know, we had our spot before they did. So the mindset was just, you know, be who we've been all year, prove ourselves right. And, uh, you know, like Jalen Monroe says, let a naysayer know. When it comes to the defense coordinator, Jesse Minter, you guys had Milrow confused most of the game. I think you guys had five sacks in the first half. How did that work and how was the game plan in your sight? Um, you know, being able to change the picture, you know, keep him guessing. Uh, you know, that, that was, you know, a big part of our uh, game plan. Um, you know, the guys up front were able to execute at a high level. Like, they were coming off the edge blazing tonight. You know, they executed. They did their thing up there. Um, you know, but, you know, the pressure, I think, won the game for real. If you want the truth, the pressure definitely won the game for us. Um, I'm super happy that, you know, Coach Minter called a great game. Um, but, you know, that's who he is. That's who he is. Two more questions. Their receivers are super fast. All of them are, like, 17, 20 yards a catch. How were you guys able to keep them at bay for the most part? Um, I definitely think, you know, keeping everything in front of us, um, you know, not giving him any open windows to see what he wants to do. And then, like I say, you know, getting the pressure home. Last question for you. You're going to the national championship game. There is a sense in the locker room like we expected this. How do you feel in this moment? Um, I'm super excited. I can't wait. You know, that's another big opportunity. Um, you know, we got this game out the way. On to the next. Congratulations. Thank you. To the offensive side, Michigan did great work in the trenches with left tackle Ladarius Henderson being a key cog. Here's Jason with LD. Transferred into the University of Michigan. Your first year here, going to a national championship, beating Alabama, one of the most historic programs. How does it feel in this moment? Oh, my God. But God, man, God did. I mean, like, I just, I can't thank him enough for this, to be in this situation. And it just feels, I don't even have a word for it. Like, I'm just so, so, so happy right now, man. And the job's not done. And the job's not done. We're going to soak it in right now, but the job's not done. There was a lot of talk, you know, Chris Boswell, Dallas Turner, a bunch of guys on their um, front line, defensive line, first rounders. Um, you guys held up the entire game, and especially in that last drive. Talk about the determination you guys showed. I mean, I know, I know we didn't win the Joe Moore Award this year, but, I mean, we still feel like we're the best offensive line in this country. And everybody kept asking us all week, oh, you ready, you ready for Dallas Turner? You ready for Chris Boswell? Are they ready for us is how we were feeling. And uh, we feel like we're going into this game. A lot of people wanted us to be the underdog. But, I mean, we're the number one team in the country, and we play it like it. So. Now, talk about Blake Corum and you guys creating running lanes for him. Um, basically sealed the game on the offensive line's back. Mm -hmm. With that final touchdown, the defense was able to get a stop. But what was that play called? And also, how was he able to get that free from you guys? I mean, that was just power, hard-nosed football, like grit, grain. That's just Michigan football right there. That play right there is Michigan football, and that's our identity. That's what it has been. Despite what people might have been trying to say about us this year, that play right there goes to show exactly, our, exactly how we want to play football, and that's our brand of football right there. The last question I'll ask is, you guys have gone through the ringer. You can't do this. You can't do that. Your coach is this. You're cheating. There's a bunch of different allegations and just – uh, negative viewpoints around the country. What do you say to that in this moment? 
I mean, we've been through so much. Everybody can say whatever they want to say about Michigan football and with no repercussions and people just talk crap about us all year. And we block out the noise and handle adversity the way we do. And we are we are everybody else's adversity when they get on that field. So that's all I have to say about that. Congratulations on going to the National Championship. Thank you so much, man. Lastly, Tyler Morris came up with his first career touchdown grab in the Wolverines win. Here's a couple of receivers couple of number eights talking it up you are a young player coming into this situation playing in a rose bowl versus alabama coming up with a huge play that kind of sparked it and ignited the offense talk about that play and how were you that open um i think it was it was man but i seen green grass kept going uh just caught the ball and tried to get upfield as fast as i could um i mean just the feeling of it was it's, it's crazy like it's the stuff you dream of uh just being in that game in that situation, how it played out, and that being my first touchdown was just crazy. Were you? Did you feel disrespected because they had a linebacker covering you in that situation? As soon as I seen the linebacker, I knew I was going to run away. So as soon as I caught that, I was just trying to go. Now, when it came to the offense, sputtered pretty much the entire lot, the night. Sputtered the entire night. What was the difference on the last drive? Honestly, I just... I think we completely believed we was going to win uh, on that last drive. Like, we had full faith in our offense, full faith in our defense uh, whenever they was up, and uh, we just knew we was going to make it happen. This is a big moment. The brights weren't too bright for you. Is that something that you learned in high school, this moment? Honestly, I think just over time, you just try to you try to get in the mindset that uh, – the game don't necessarily matter. You're still playing football. It's what you've been doing your whole life. And uh, no matter where you, where you playing, who you playing against, you just got to do you. Congratulations on a great, hard-fought victory. Thank you. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this edition of In the Trenches presented by Meyer. So much coverage coming between now and the national championship game in Houston for Michigan football here in 2023 during early 2024. Can't wait to bring it all to you. Thanks for listening and go blue. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2023 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. In the Trenches is part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network, MGo Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.